Welcome back to the Less You Don't Know podcast. I'm Bella, and with me today, I have a special guest, Courtney. What's up, Bella? Uh, today, we're going to talk about coaching, uh, the ups and downs, what it's like coaching. Um, Courtney, what? who do you coach? What do you coach? Yeah, so I coach a high school softball team. It's a local high school team. Um, I coach, I'm the head varsity coach, but I also coach the JV last season as well. Awesome. How long have you been a coach for? <laughs> last season was actually my first season. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't really planned. Um, but you know, I've I've got some family coming up, playing on the team, and they needed a coach, so that's kind of where I landed. Um, I just like everyone to know that I'm also a coach. I'm yeah, the assistant coach. She, she is. I'm really good at it, right, Courtney? Of course. I wouldn't say bad things about Bella, especially on my podcast. Especially on her podcast. <laughs> So, um, so <clears throat> high school softball, so like teenage girls. Yes. <laughs> Is there any drama that comes along with that? Because I can imagine on a team of high school girls. Well, you played, you would know, wouldn't you? I did. I played for the school I'm coaching at, so I would know. And so I know this is going to be a good answer. Oh, God. There's so many examples I could give. Um, absolutely. There's drama. Um, I think a big part of it was that last season, um, their coach was more laid back. They had a couple big senior leaders and stuff. So, yeah, Bella was one of them. That's right. Um, so they didn't really – I had a lot of freshmen come in, and they didn't know how to be a team, how to act like a team. There was no direction on that. So a big problem was just kind of meshing together, learning how to be a teammate, even if you don't necessarily like somebody as a friend. That – I remember when I was coming up, um, because we went through a lot of coaching changes when I was on the team, and whenever there would be a new coach change, there would inevitably be new cliques that came out. <laughs> right. Like the coach's favorite, co- the people don't, coach don't like, you know, tryhards, people who don't try hard enough. Have you had to navigate anyone trying to become coach's favorite or people that you supposedly don't like? Like, has there been any clicks that came out once you started coaching? Um, yes, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, I would guess right from the first, I mean, we didn't have a practice yet. We just had a meeting yeah. and there were already people saying who my favorite people were. Really? After the first meeting? <laughs> yes. And I think part of that is just because um, I had already known a couple of the players. Yeah. And so they were, you know, talking to me before I, I formally addressed the team. So it kind of looked like I had yeah. already started favoring them. So I kind of got off on the wrong foot. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I feel like throughout the season you did a good job of, like, even playing field. Yeah, I think part of that is just um, there's going to be kids that are more outspoken. They're yeah. more friendly. They'll walk yeah. right up to you and tell you a story. And you just kind of got to make sure you seek out conversations with some of the quieter kids. I think that's a good thing to do is seeking out conversations because I feel like a lot of times when coaches try and connect with players they only connect with players who make an effort to connect with them and that's what our previous coach did and so a lot of the times uh, like the JV players especially felt no connection with that coach and it really so like when they had to come up because a varsity player got hurt it made it really difficult to work as a team so I like that you said that you seek out kids to have conversations with them um is there a favorite part about coaching that you have, or is it really just all your favorite or not your favorite? Yeah, I hate it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say my favorite part is that um, I get to take all these kids that love the game and show them how to be better at it and show them how to improve themselves as people and as athletes. Would you say you focus <clears throat> more on like the character development 
of them as athletes or the skill? Because it's definitely like you have to walk that line because you can't have good athletes without having good character. Of course. So, (laughs) yeah, um, I think a lot of the season um, I wanted to focus on skill because I knew Mm -hmm. I had a lot of young girls and a lot of people that needed to be developed. But I think I actually ended up focusing more on character development because there was none of that in the past. And it was just it was really rocky and rough. Yeah, there was, um, especially when I was on the team, there were a lot of, like, butting heads between seniors um, just because the coach fostered an environment where it was very competitive but not Mm -hmm. in a healthy way. Like, I remember I had to miss a game my senior year because it it was prom and it was COVID, so we weren't going to have a prom. And then we started, then all of a sudden we had a senior formal, which we weren't allowed to dance, but it was still important. And so I told him, I was like, look, you've known about this senior formal thing for months and you scheduled the biggest game of the season on that date. And I was like, so I'm not going to be able to go to the game. And so he pretty much told me that he would sit the rest of the seniors if I didn't go to that game, which I guess in his mind. Sit the rest of them? Yeah, like the seniors weren't going to be able to play. None of them just because you didn't show up? Yeah, yeah, Whether they win or not? Right. I'm sorry, that doesn't make sense. No, yeah, it didn't make (laughs) sense to me either. And so I had a really hard time getting over that. And then finally, I guess he managed to reschedule the game for 9 a.m. the morning after the prom. And so I was like, okay, well, I can go, but, like, I'm going to be exhausted and whatnot. Um, So that's just an example of, like, fostering an environment that's competitive but not in a healthy way. Exactly. Do you have any examples of how you have fostered a healthy competitive environment or what the difference between the two are? Yeah, so... um I would say I definitely don't – I don't think I foster an unhealthy competitive no, environment. I don't, I don't think you do either. <laughs> but um, you definitely need that competitive. So you want to make everybody feel like they're making everybody better. Yeah. And I think one of those ways is um, right when the season started, I told everybody no one has a spot in this team. Yeah. I don't care how many years you've played here. I don't care if you played last year. We started last year. We're all starting new. We're all starting fresh. Um, so we're all competing for a spot. Yeah. And um, – I think a big thing, too, is I wanted everybody to be rooting for each other. Even if you're not playing, you want to be on the bench. You want to be cheering for your team. And um, I remember one game I um, I had taken starters and sat them. Oh, I remember that game. <laughs> the, yeah. Um, I, I really thought it was going to go poorly. I thought they were going to react negatively and it was going to be a bad experience. <laughs> but um, they, they reacted the right way. You know, they, oh, okay. yeah. They, they as a person the of character would exactly, yeah. and I mean, one of them came up to me after the game and was like, "Hey, being on the bench is actually kind of fun." Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, it would be if this is the environment we want." Right. Uh, I think I don't know. I think that starts with the coach. Um, yeah. Part of it is not shutting off players, not shutting off teams. Uh, there is a JV, there is a varsity, but we're going to practice together sometimes. Yeah. We're going to do stuff together. We're as not going to make that distinction. Yeah, yeah. As a team. I think that's super important. Like you said earlier, seeking out the conversations with players that don't come up to you because they could be fantastic people and fantastic players, but effort has to come both ways. Yeah. And my thing as a coach is I'm going to respect you if you respect me. And respect goes both ways. So I'm going to treat you as a person and not just as an athlete, not just as a player, which is something that I haven't seen from a lot of coaches in the past. A lot of time I, as a player, was just um, a piece of the puzzle. And if I got hurt, they replaced me with a different piece. (laughs) And so I think a lot of that is treating athletes as people first and athletes second. And I think that's probably the first step in creating a healthy environment. Would you agree? Yeah, I would say so. So... Your favorite part, taking athletes, making them better, 
taking people and making them better as people in general. What's your least favorite part about coaching? I assume some of the drama probably ties into that somewhere. Not a big drama person. Even when I was in high school, I just wasn't. (laughs) Um, But my least favorite part. And don't give me a politician's answer. Do not say, (laughs) oh, I don't have a least favorite part about coaching because I know you have a least favorite. No, I do, but you're still not going to like my answer. My least favorite part is every single game I showed up to this season. No matter if it was against somebody we had already played, against somebody that had already umped, every single other adult on the field <laughs> asked me if I was the head coach oh, or asked me if I was right. a player. You're right. First I... of all, buddies, I'm not in uniform. I'm not wearing a uniform. <laughs> I'm not a manager. Um, I'm yeah. Okay, and the worst part, I remember that, and I had honestly forgotten about it because I didn't go to all the games. Uh, I remember that we have an assistant coach who's a guy. Yeah. And he had been an assistant coach for the last year, too, when our previous head coach was there. So everyone knew him as an assistant coach. And then you come on the scene and you're actively hitting balls to players. You're writing. I'm a very hands on person. Yeah. Yeah. You you are very present on the field as a head coach. And the coaches would still walk past you to the male assistant coach who is giving a pregame pep talk or whatever and they would interrupt him and say are you the head coach and he'd go uh no she's the head coach they would turn around and be like oh i'm so sorry Mm -hmm. and like (laughs) I, i think it just goes to show a lot especially in high school sports i mean it's just i don't know it's it's ridiculous. I uh, love that my assistant coach would always, you know, back up and act so shocked. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my no, God. It's no, not me. Not me. Um, but, I mean, even sometimes there's girls not much older than me coaching the other yeah. team, and they do the same thing. Yeah. Oh, are you the head coach? No way. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Especially because some people who you played mm. against in high school now are assistant coaches for other teams, right? There's a head coach I played against, too. Yeah. Yeah. And she does the yeah. same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She does. Uh, the umpires remember me as a player and yeah. ask if I'm still playing, you know, 10, 12 years yeah. later. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've gone through college. You have a big kid job, yeah. and they still ask I'm like you. an adult. <laughs> You're like a full-grown adult. Yeah, a real one. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Me and Courtney, we played together for a short minute there. <laughs> um, I was an eighth grader, and she was a senior. Um, and I'm a sophomore in college, so she's been out of college for a while. Um, yeah. So, Courtney, just a fun fact about her. Oh, good. Was terrifying to me as an eighth grader. <laughs> she was so scary. I remember st- specifically, so I was a catcher, and she was a <clears throat> catcher. But I was you know, five years younger than her, and so... I was terrified of the older varsity catcher who was so big and tough and and never smiled. (laughs) Courtney never, ever smiled unless she was goofing off with um, one of the juniors on the team or one of the other seniors. And I remember being so scared. And I was catching one of the seniors one time before warm-ups, and Courtney came up to me, and I honestly forget what you said, but it was something like, good job. And I remember going home that night and being like, Mom? You'll never guess what happened to me today. <laughs> it was just such a surreal thing. And now we're coaching together. It's just, it feels like we've come full circle. It really has. If I'm being it's honest crazy. with you. Yeah, it's been wild. 
Um, and now, yeah, I don't know. It's, just it's funny you bring that up too, because I mean, that's always in the back of my mind. A lot of the younger players I played mm-hmm. with, like now that we're grown up, they feel like they can talk to me now, which yeah. is kind of funny, but they'll be like, oh my gosh, you were so scary in oh, high yeah. school. Like so scary. never smiled. And I was like, you listen, didn't. I was an angry player. You were, <laughs> you were mean. <laughs> well, look at our record and you'll know why. Well, yeah, <laughs> we <laughs> were very good. That's definitely something that's always on my mind when I'm coaching. That you're scary? That I try not to be scary. Oh, oh okay. I was going to say, yeah, you, you're you a naturally scary person, but that's okay. It works out in your favor sometimes. Like when the girls are goofing off and you have to whip them into shape quick. I know. I don't have to do anything. I just have to stand there. Literally, you stand there, arms crossed, feet spread, <laughs> and by golly, they're quiet within seconds. <laughs> seconds. The look of fear you instill. It's uncanny. Yeah. So... uh We've talked a little bit about your coaching style. What is that? How would you define your coaching style? Um, I would say, well, I'll, I'll say two different things. Okay, I'm ready. Um, there's definitely how I think I would be as a coach, how I okay. want to be. And that's definitely a scare. That just fits with my personality. It's scary. Right. Like, but okay. I'm also a very laid back person. So right. I'd like to be more of somebody that sits back and is just there. Making right. sure you know what you're doing, you know what your mistakes are, but not necessarily being very authoritative. Like, you have to do this right now. You need to wear this. Right. But I think what the players needed last season was someone to tell them, someone to hold their hand and tell them exactly what to do, Definitely. exactly how to do it. Yeah. And so that's more of what I became, a very patient and calm. Um, it was very jarring for me. Positive force. And yeah, it was weird for me too. <laughs> because I, the first day I came in as last year, I was a volunteer, but now I've been upgraded to an yeah, assistant coach. She's finally old enough. Yep. That's right. <laughs> and uh, enough college credits under my belt. <laughs> so um, I remember I walked onto the field the first time and you were <clears throat> very patiently talking to someone who was making an egregious error. Egregious. I'm sure. uh, egregious. <laughs> and um I walked up and you were like, no, 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 it's okay. Everyone makes mistakes. I said, who is this person? <laughs> this is not the Courtney I know. <laughs> and just like from all the asides we've had last season, it's just, I feel like you were able to morph your personality and your coaching style so well, but not let your natural, like the angry player you were talking about earlier. Yeah. You didn't let that overtake. The competitor in me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important <clears throat> with teenage girls too. Exactly. I mean, my attitude completely just rubs off on them. Yeah. How I act and how I carry myself is exactly how they do. Yeah. So, I mean, I walk into practice in a bad mood. They're all going to be in a bad oh, mood. Oh, yeah. So that's something you definitely have to be careful about with them. Yeah. I feel <clears> like <throat> they're kind of, what's that animal where if it goes on a wall or that's a different color, it'll change. Chameleon? Yeah. They're like chameleons. <laughs> they are. If they sense that you're in a any other mood other than happy and happy to be there, they will stick onto that and they will morph their moods onto yours. And it was almost freaky to watch. And I don't know if it's because you're an older female who's now their coach and they haven't had like a strong female coach before because the coach before you was a guy and he was very, his mood was what I can only describe as fluid. He'd be fluid. He'd be very laid back one minute and then he'd be having those run poles the next minute. And so it was just kind of like whiplash. And so I don't know if like your calming presence as a female authority figure is just something they look up to. Like, what do you think it is that makes you like that you rub off on them so much? Um, I think part of it is definitely that I'm I'm closer to their age yeah. and I'm someone they can relate to. Um, they hear a lot of stuff about me. A lot of people <laughs> at school know me. Yeah. You knew me. Um, 
they just hear a lot of things about me. And I think um, the fact that I'm not what they expect and what they're used to yeah. coming out of that school and based on their old coach kind of helped me kind of win their favor a little bit. Yeah. I think that's a pretty accurate assessment yeah. because uh, I've been through, th- I went through three coaches while I was on that team in my, how long did I play? Six years. I don't know. Okay. I think I played for, <laughs> I think I played for yeah, six years. Yeah, I started probably. in the seventh grade. And so I went through three coaches in six years, which is a lot for a co- for coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, usually coach 10 years lasts for at least more than two years. Yeah. So um, it was, and none of them had ever been a coach like you. They were all men, first of all. <laughs> Big difference. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not a man. <laughs> they were all males, and they were all very, like, I have to assert my dominance over these teenagers. Right. Or else they're not going to respect me. But I think the new age of coaching that we're going into is if you respect your players, they're going to they're gonna respect you back because they're people. And if you treat them like people, they're going to treat you with respect. Would you say that's accurate? I would definitely say that's accurate. I think a lot of the coaches before me mm-hmm. felt like they had to show their force. They always yeah. had to. Um, they they had to show who was in charge, and I I've never felt like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, anytime there's really any kind of problem, I'm always more of a talk first. We'll run later for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let me tell me why you said that, and then I'll decide if you're gonna run. <laughs> like, <laughs> there were, I remember there were a couple things like that last season. Like, we were beating a team we don't usually beat. You know, we had a better record with you as our head coach than we did the previous year with the old head coach. And so everyone kind of had a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. We were starting to do good. We were building some momentum. And we went from winning five games overall my senior year to the very next year, my freshman year in college, we won 13 games. So just a really big night and day shift. And so I remember we had a chip on our shoulder. We were starting to do well. And one of the girls in the high five line after the game said good game good game whatever Mm. she didn't high five someone because I guess she thought they disrespected her in the game and I remember you were on her so So, fast for that yeah it wasn't that she didn't high five them I don't know if she high fived them or not I couldn't see it was what she said to them oh no no one's gonna notice a missed high five as much as they're gonna say what you say I was upset about what she said yeah I definitely got on her um I'm not a big scolder I don't like to yell and show negative emotions at them but that's that's something you got to stop yeah they're getting they're building confidence they're feeling good about themselves and you can't show them that's how they need to behave and this team specifically didn't have a lot of experience with winning a lot of them, we had a losing record for a very long time. Yes. And so the first time they started winning, they had no idea what a winning culture was like. They didn't know how to act like a winner. Right. And so <laughs> I think that was another challenge unique to you in terms of being a head coach at this school was that these girls didn't know how to win. Yeah. Appro- they didn't know how to win appropriately. Because if we act. did win, it was against teams that we expected to win against. Mm-hmm. But we started winning games that we didn't expect to win, that we would go into thinking, okay, this is a learning opportunity for our team. This is, you know, we're going to learn how to see pitches. We're going to learn how to feel ground balls that come at you a little bit faster. And then we would end up winning. And so they didn't know how to win. And I think that was a unique situation to you as a coach. Um, So were there any more situations like that where you had to teach them how to win appropriately? Um, I would say the biggest thing is... um they like to say things in the dugout. Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously, the other team's not going to hear you in the dugout right. when you're cheering and stuff. Yeah. But, again, it's just not something you like to hear. Yeah. Um, 
it's one of the better lessons for a coach to teach. I mean, it's good to have to teach somebody how to win. And it's good not good that you, have, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not it's not good to see the behavior that you saw or that right. you've heard. Um, and I think my, my they're seniors now. They were juniors last season. Yeah. They were super helpful with kind of taking care of that. Yeah. Um, they also weren't very experienced with winning, but <laughs> but they were they older had good, and yeah. yes, they had good upperclassmen that they had learned from yeah. that had been used to winning. Right. So yeah, it helps. I think <clears throat> the biggest tool you have as a coach is your upperclassmen. I think absolutely because. They have been around the block once or twice. They know how to win. They know how to lose for the most part. Ours was a special situation. They didn't quite know exactly how to win, but they knew how to lose. <laughs> they did. They're really good at losing. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was mean. <laughs> no, I mean, you're right. We're, we weren't good for a long time. Now, a lot of coaches have to teach how to lose, but we had to teach how to win. Yes. And I think that, again, is just... It's something that is obviously a good problem to have, but being able to rely on your upperclassmen when something happens that you can't talk to that player specifically about it. Like they had a bad day at school and now they're having a bad day at a game and you don't want to talk to them because that seems more of like a, they're not in a bad mood because of whatever happened on the field. They're in a bad mood because of something that happened personally. And you want to, you know, set that boundary as a coach and not get involved in your players' personal lives. So being able to rely on an upperclassman that feels comfortable going up to underclassmen and freshmen. Like when I was a freshman, seniors would never have come up to me. And I hate to say it, Courtney. Yeah. (laughs) But would you have come up to to an eighth grader or a freshman and be like, I know you're having a bad day, but shake it off. This is softball. Like, this is the place where you can leave all your problems behind. Like, would you have done that? So if I walked up to you as a senior and you were an underclassman having a bad day, you've reached a really bad point. Because at that point, I was super mad and I was not the one you wanted to talk to. Right. And so I think, and there's nothing wrong with having players like that on the team. Some of they're necessary. Yeah. Because, you know teaching people how to be a stoic, you know, upperclassman and role model. But you need to have people who are willing to go to the younger kids and say, look, I know you had a bad day, but you're letting it affect the team and you're letting it affect your performance on the field. And we can't have that. So learn how to draw that line in the sand and say, okay, when I'm at the field, I'm going to leave everything behind and focus on this. I think it. we have a, a lot of upperclassmen who are really, really good at doing that. We do, yeah. You need upperclassmen that can be mentors yeah. um, in situations where, as the coach, you necessarily can't be. Yeah. Obviously, if it's sports, softball-related, that's where I can come in. Yeah. But personal-wise, you definitely don't want to get too involved in that. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the things that... <clears throat> It was difficult is that everyone at the school was really excited when you became a head coach because you homegrown. Yeah, you yeah had I was just, bred for this. Yeah, you had just played there a couple of years before. Um, grand scheme of things, not too long ago, only a couple of years before. Mm-hmm. And um, so everyone at school knew you. Kids had math teachers that had taught you. <laughs> so they would come to practice and be like, Courtney, I heard a story about you. Did you ever have things like that happen? Oh my gosh, yes. They pulled out my senior yearbook. Did they really? Oh my God, they did. They got it from the library at school. They pulled out my senior yearbook and came to practice. Or it was a game. They came to a game and said my senior yearbook quote to my face to see if I remember it. What was it. your senior yearbook quote? <sighs> Please tell me you remember <laughs> it. Um, was it something cheesy? I didn't pick it. Oh, uh, someone picked it for me because they thought it was funny. It was... Um, I'm actually not funny. I'm just really mean and people think I'm joking. Well, that fits you perfectly. It does, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) To have them walk up and say that to my face, I was like, uh, you're right, but how do you know that? (laughs) 
So that would you call that crossing a boundary between being friends with your players and being a coach? No, I don't think that was because I mean you have to expect they're going to find a yearbook right. of you. Uh, I, yeah, I did it to my teachers. They're all in there. <laughs> um, now, if they had like crept on my Facebook or something, yeah. didn't some of them try and follow you on Instagram? All of them sent me a friend request. <laughs> all at the same time. All right? of them got denied. Were, yes, we were on the were... bus and they all sent it. I was like, y'all got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that they just sent them all at the same time. I know. I and don't know you, who found me. You, well, your username is not hard to track down. Well, it's not, but. It's the first four letters of your names and the first four letters of your last name. No, it's not. Okay. My Instagram. That's not my Instagram. Okay. Well, then I guess it is hard to find because I don't know. Yeah, it's a secret. I'm just kidding. And so I don't even think I had like a profile picture. I don't think you did. I think it was blank. I think it was too. They just found my username. I was like, how did you? I think I followed you from when I was on the team. Oh, they probably found it through you then. That's freaky. That's me. No, you tagged me. You tagged me in one of the team (gasps) posts. You made a rookie mistake. I did. That was my bad. Yeah, it's all good. We, uh... They've all been, uh, blocked. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you denied them. I denied them. So you can't follow me. Mm-mm. Um, that was another thing that was new to the team last year was team social medias. Yeah. Do you think the players got out of hand with the team social medias at all? Like, do you think there were any out-of-pocket comments at practice about social medias or players wanting to use inappropriate um what's the word i'm looking for uh oh caption oh caption any players wanting to use inappropriate captions to be mean to the other team like were there any social media faux pas that you noticed at practice i wouldn't say that i noticed um we spent a lot of time in the beginning of one practice for one video but I remember I that know. it, it was a relaxed practice. Yeah, so it's fine. Um, I don't know. I feel like that was something you really dealt with more. I yeah. just I was more focused on what was actually posted than uh, what they were trying to post. Yeah, I had to shoot down a lot. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, <laughs> they would come up to me like, "Oh, Bella, what about this? What about this?" And I'm like, "Guys, that is so mean. We cannot <laughs> put that in tag the other team. Regardless, we shouldn't be posting at the other like, team." Like one time, we won handedly. And they wanted to tag the other team on our oh victory post. And I said, guys. See, that you got to teach them how to be a winner. We you don't tag the other team. do that. I was like, why would you think that's okay? That's when you're like, how would you feel if last season when they absolutely yeah. slaughtered you, yeah. if they tagged all of you? And now I'm not going to lie. There was a very personal revenge game for me as a coach last year. Or sorry, as a volunteer last year. Really? Yeah, you have to I, tell me who it was. I forget which team. I'm not going to lie to you, but I remember I had very strong feelings about wanting to win this game. Right. And I don't know if it's because they had beat us when I was a senior and they were <clears throat> not great winners about it, whatever it was. And we beat them by like one run. And one of the players came up and was, can we please tag them in the Instagram post? And for a minute, I was, hesitated. For a minute, I was like, that would be so funny. Because they, they know I'm running the socials. That would be so funny. They know they did me dirty last year. And then I had to say, no. I'm sorry. I'm an adult. I can't do that tomfoolery anymore. Right. I think that's an interesting thing to point out, too, is like the learning curve. Yeah. Transitioning from a player to a coach. Because it was oh, a lot fresher hard. for you than it was for me. Yeah. But, I mean, it was still difficult. Because I turned around the year after I left and became a coach. Right. There were still people you played with on the team. Right. So. And there were still people I was friends with when right. I joined the team. Had to add some friends. and That was It's that difficult. Was hard. I'm not, yeah. That was a tough bridge to cross. Yeah. 
Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> but I think this year it'll be better because we put that boundary up and yeah, but definitely. Yeah, that's definitely a hard line to tell. I'm not yeah. gonna. And even this year, it's still not easy because we didn't have any seniors last year, so all the same kids are returning. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just it's hard. Like last night we had the weight room, and like I caught caught myself being like friends with these kids instead of being their coach. Yes, it's hard. And I was like, oh, no, I can't do that anymore. I'm not their homie. I'm not their homie. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, it's hard too, because they'll, they'll never set the boundary back. Like yeah. you can set your boundary, but they're always going to push it. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, they're kids, kids. Yeah. that's just what they're going to do. So you're, I mean, you always have to keep <laughs> yeah, keep a professional distance. Yeah. But also it's hard because as a coach, you want to be able to connect. Right. You have to connect mm-hmm. to players to be a good coach. And so it's hard turning around the year after you leave with everyone that you just played this and were very good friends with and be like, sorry, I can't talk to you. <laughs> sorry, I've reached adulthood. <laughs> right. Like, sorry. Mm, can't, yeah. No, I'm very strained now. Like, I, that was that was hard. Yeah. That, yeah. That, and I'm still feeling repercussions from that today. Like, I did not handle it very well. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> I remember the question I was going to ask. Okay. Did you ever have a situation where a player struck out, came in and threw their helmet against the fence? And how did you handle it? I did. And she was lucky I was the third base coach and they were on the first base dugout. Probably for the best, because I think that would have been the first time I let my emotions slip. Yeah. That's my biggest pet peeve. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's terrible. I remember um, when I was a player, our best player, she was like a junior or senior, and she did that, and the coach sat her the rest of the game. Yep. And that's the kind of message I want to send. Yep. Um, unfortunately, we did not have the numbers to sit her the rest of the game, or I swear yeah, I would Yeah, we only had nine players that yeah. game, right? Yeah. But um, my assistant coach actually... He walked almost off the field and uh, to go talk to her. And for some reason, the umpire decided to call time for us. I was like, bro, yeah. you're making it so much worse right yeah, now. Like, yeah, just let, let us handle that it. much attention to yeah, it. Yeah, and the other coach was like, what are you doing? And the umpire was like, well, he's coaching. And I'm like, bro, you can't stop the game for that. Yeah, like. <laughs> but, yeah, um, he, I don't know what he said to her. Um, he's not a, he's a very calm man as yeah, well. He is a calm man. Um but I went in and talked to her too, and she was already crying at that point. Oh no, must have been like, a bad day. Girl, I didn't even get to say anything to you, and you're already crying. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you say anything to her, or did you just leave it at that? I did say something to her. Um, it's not what I originally you had planned to say. Either while she was down, you didn't let me say what I said. Gosh. Um, my, I walked up to her and I saw she was crying, and I said, "You already know what you did," and she said, "Yeah," and I was like, um, you got to keep working on that. You got to get better at that. And she's like, I know. And I was like, we'll talk about it later. And she's like, okay. Did you talk about it later? We did. <gasps> we did. Um, at a practice. Um, something she's still working on. Um, something she's getting slowly better at. But yeah. it's really just one player that has an issue with that, <laughs> which is fortunate. We had one girl throw yeah. a bat at somebody, but it was a total accident. <gasps> oh, she felt so bad. She started God. crying. Um, I thought she was going to quit that day, honestly, because she felt so bad about it. I'm like, girl, it happens. Like, we need to just yeah, move on. Like, like the other girl okay. was like, it's okay. Did the bat, like, was she swinging in? It she swung in, like, hands. no. Oh, that's the young players have a big problem. With it was that. her first game, and I don't even know oh, if she, yeah. like, knew. Yeah, that's yeah. no good. No. Especially then when you come back and the umpire says something to you about it, and you're like, I know, I know, like, yeah. whatever. Like, coach just yelled at me. I don't need to hear it from you. Yeah, it was her first hit, too, so it, like, took away from that. Oh, no. It was, yeah, it was bad. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. But, man. You learn. You do. 
Um, so you said the thing about you saw she was already crying. Yes. Gosh. You had to change what you were going to say. <sighs> yes. How many on-the-fly moments were, you, were there last year as first year as a head coach? All these girls had never had a female coach before. All these girls had only ever had not old, but middle-aged men coaching them. And so there's obviously that disconnect. Mm-hmm. How many girls tried to cross that boundary and tried to be your friend? And did you ever have to say, back up? Uh, literally, I've told them to back up before. <laughs> Numerous of them. They like to, like, they, they walk like real to close to you. you. And, yeah, they, they like to, like, touch me and walk real close. I'm like, y'all need to and back up. And you're not up. a toucher to begin I'm with. I'm not a toucher to begin yeah. with. I'm not. And I just, even, like, walking up too close to talk to me, like, I don't know. We're, like, a couple feet apart right now. Like, that's good. Yeah, I can hear you fine. Yeah, without yeah. the mics, we could hear each other. Like, we don't, <laughs> we're good. But they'll, like, walk right up next to me. I'm like, no. I don't do this with some people that I'm good at friends with. Right. Not, <laughs> definitely not my freshman players. Exactly. Right. That's, yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah. They'll learn. Um, and has there ever been time where middle of practice, <clears throat> you say, okay, obviously what I'm trying to teach you isn't sticking. Obviously you're not understanding it. Let me try and teach you this a different way. Yeah. Was that a tough adjustment for you? Because I assume coming into coaching, you had a very specific way you were explaining things because that's how you had been taught. Yeah. And then you would experience a player who didn't, wasn't, you know, understanding it or, you know, kind of digesting that information well. How did you adjust to trying to help them understand? I think a lot of coaching this season was me adjusting. Um, yeah. You come in with a plan and then your players throw you curveballs. And it's just... Those are hard to hit. They Speaking are. from experience, man. They really are. And um, I'll give you an example. I had one player. She still can't slide, by the way. We're still working on it. But <laughs> I swear to you, she is the wor- she's one of the most athletic girls on the team. Yeah. But you Played soccer, right? She, yep. And yep. she played basketball. She didn't this yeah. year. But like... You watch her play these other sports. You watch her play softball, and you're like, "Wow, that's an athlete." Yeah. And then you watch her slide, <laughs> and you're like, mm, uh, yeah. "Has she done this before? Right? Does she? Is she okay? Like, <laughs> that looked like it hurt." Yeah. Um, we're still trying different ways to teach this girl. <laughs> um, we've tried different players teaching her. I've tried different. I tried teaching her, and I <laughs> slid on the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't done it in so long. And, like, there were bruises the next day. And then I was like, she had to have understood it. Like, the way I explained it to her was impeccable. It was perfect. And, and so we go, and I was like, I'm covered in dirt. She's covered in dirt. If she doesn't understand it after this, I'm throwing my hands up. I don't know what I'll do. And so we get to practice the next day. I'm like, let me see your slide. And she just falls on the ground. <laughs> what are you doing? We went, when I left yesterday, it was close to, it was as close to perfect as we could get it. Yes. And now it's gone. It's hilarious too, because you worked with her swing too. Yeah. And her swing stuck, but the yeah. slide did not. No, it did not. Not at all. No. Um, I have something else I'm going to try with her, but okay. I just, I'm not even sure what it is. Like, yeah. I don't know. Every single way I've been taught to slide, every single way it's been explained to me is I have tried to relay that on to her, and it's just not sticking. It's not. It's not. And how frustrating is that as a coach? Like you, you teach these girls over and over this technique, and then it's so good one day, and then the next day you turn around, and it's like they've never touched a ball or yes. bat or a glove before. Oh, my gosh. It stresses me out so much. It makes me want to pull my hair out. But it's, it's part of coaching. Um, a stressful part. 
Yeah, a very stressful part. Um, I had a basketball coach, and his biggest thing was consistency. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm teaching the softball players. Yeah. They have to be consistent. Like, today your swing was great. Tomorrow it might suck. Yeah. But you're going to keep practicing it. You're going to keep doing it. And yeah. it's going to eventually level out. Right. So... Yeah, and it's always hard as a coach watching your players go through things like that because as a player, it sucked. When I was so good one day and I was so bad the next day and then I was mediocre the next day, <laughs> and it's like, am I good? Am I bad? Am I average? What? Like, trying to watch these players figure out their identity as a player. Yeah. I think it's one of the hardest parts about coaching. Would you agree? Um, yeah, I think I would agree. Um <sighs> It's just, and I mean, a lot of the times when they're in a slump or they're struggling, yeah. they looked at you, they look at the coach and they were, yeah. what am I doing wrong? And sometimes you don't even, sometimes you're doing everything right. And it's just, yeah, it's just, maybe they're swinging at bad pitches or maybe their pitch selection is great and everything else is perfect, but they're just not making contact. Yeah. And it's hard because that's not what they want to hear. Right. And, and you, you, they do not want to hear you say, you just have to write it out. Yes. That is not what they want. Out. They're like, what? Yeah. They look at you in disbelief. They're like, you've played for eight years and you can't tell me anything up better other than you have to write it out. Right. Obviously, I played for eight years. Obviously, right. I sucked probably five of those years. <laughs> I mean. A 400 batting average is good. Yeah. So. Oh, my gosh. I have players ask me that, too. My batting average is only 432. Okay. And? Right. Where's the issue? Well, the baseball player, first of all, I don't know any oh. baseball player hitting 432. Man, those So you can players. send him to me and we can talk if you'd yeah. like. I don't know what number he's reading, but he's not reading his batting right. average. Um, but just, yeah. A lot of it is they don't even know. Yeah. They're not sure if they're good because they don't know what good looks like. Yeah, because we were so bad for so long. <laughs> Right. And and the good players that they have, you, you and um, yeah. the other senior, uh, they felt like they weren't even, any, they couldn't even Comparable. touch you. Yeah. yeah. So they don't know where they're at because there was such a huge gap between them and you and kind of helping them find where they're at in that gap yeah. is and I think it's hard because, like you said, there's just such a big, like, my senior year, I had an 800 batting average. <laughs> and in April, I was number one in the state. And then... These girls would have 400 batting average, but they would still think there's a 400-point difference between me and Yeah, Bella. they're like, man, I'm terrible. Right, and it's like, no, 400 <laughs> like, is so good. Like, you don't understand. My eighth grade year, I was sat on the bench. I was a utility player because my swing was so bad, he refused to put me in the lineup. Yeah, and I think I think that's um, kind of what they need to hear, too, is like— yeah. I tell them all the time I was terrible. They don't believe me. Part of the problem is people tell them I'm not. But yeah. what they don't see is my sixth grade year I played I played varsity. Yeah. I didn't hit at all. Right. I wasn't allowed to swing the bat, Bella. Yeah, no. I bunted every at bat. <laughs> the other team was standing on top of me and I bunted. Yeah. Um and then, you know, it happened. It, it clicked, I got my swing and Yeah. You that's hit, what they need you to see. Home runs, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. <laughs> that, but that's what they need to see is everybody everybody starts somewhere. Yeah. And they don't they don't realize where they're at. It's just really <clears throat> hard as a coach because <laughs> you care so deeply about them as people and yeah. you want to see them succeed and when there's nothing you can tell them other than you're starting and that's the most important part and you're going to find your swing, you're going to find your rhythm, you're going to be able to throw from first to third and not put it in the dirt one day and it's going to feel day. it's going to feel great. And they're gonna. They look at you like you're stupid. Yeah, they're like you're crazy. They're like, obviously, that's never gonna happen because <laughs> I can't do it right now. <laughs> obviously, you're confusing me for somebody else. Right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had girls that came in and didn't know how to play, didn't know how to throw. Right. Yeah, 
And I had a girl come up and say, which hand does this glove go on? And I said, <laughs> okay, we've, this is our starting okay. point. You know what? Goes on your left. And then you ask, are they right or left hand? And they're like, I don't know. And <laughs> that I'm like, was my favorite. girl, which hand do you write with? <laughs> that was always my favorite. You ask them such a simple question and like, they hit you with the, I don't know. It's like when they're talking to you, their brains just turn off. Yes. It's bizarre. It's the craziest <coughs> thing. I don't know if they like, I don't know. I have no idea. I think in some ways it's harder as a coach than it is as a player. Yeah. Because um, as a player, it's like you can put that on you. Right. You're in control of how you Like play. I messed up. But as a coach, you're not controlling them. You're controlling what you've shown them. And yeah. so it's like, you know, they make a mistake. You're thinking, well, did they know that? Right. Have I, have did, we talked how, about yeah, that? Did I teach them that? Is that their fault? Is that my fault? <clears throat> yeah. And you never, yeah. I don't know. It's so hard. Um, it's kind so much of, easier to put their failures on you as a coach. Yes. It's hard navigating which, which failures to take yourself and right. which ones you have to let like them Like when carry. you send a runner on, so like when they're on first base, this is a <laughs> great example. This was our first, last year was our first year really working with signs. Like yeah. third base coach giving you bunt, steal, take signs, whatever. This was our first real year using complicated signs with the indicator and the cutoff or whatever. <laughs> and so there was a girl on first and you gave her the steal sign. I'm and sure. she she looked at you. She did. Pitch was thrown. Ball was in the catcher's glove. And she starts to run. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember who oh, it was. You know what? At least she ran. What? And that's exactly what you told me when you came back in. I said, man, that is so frustrating. You said, she ran. It's she, At least she ran. She got the sign. She got the sign. It took her a minute to process. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> and so, like, that's a failure. You're like, okay, well, that's, that one's on... That one's on the player. It is. They obviously knew the sign. And it's almost one that I'm not even going to tell it's on her. Yeah. Because um, her first time getting a sign, yeah. you know, she got to think it through. I mean. She did. They're hard. She got there. She. <laughs> Hopefully Lord. she's quicker next time. <laughs> but <it's laughs> and she wasn't a slow player either. Like if she had left on time, she would have made it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't send a slow player. I was the kid that was never sent. I would be on first base and I'd be like, give me the sign. No way. Give me the sign. Give me the sign. I got sent and no. I was slow. Ne- <clears throat> he never sent me. That's tragic. I mean, I did hit a lot of home runs. <laughs> you didn't need to steal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was also annoying because I was a pretty good base runner. My very, yeah. my very ever first um, summer team coach, that's really what he harped on with base running. And so I was pretty good at it. Like, delayed steals were my thing. Because <laughs> I needed all the extra time I could get. <laughs> And he, I would get to first after a single, and he'd be like, all right, sub. And I'd be like, no, because I was a catcher. Sub. I was a catcher, and so he's like, you're not running your own bases? And I was like, oh, man. Yeah. So is there ever a time as a coach that girls want to, like, I want to pitch. I want to play outfield. You're like, absolutely not. <laughs> In my head, absolutely all the time. I'm like, you're definitely not doing that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> as a coach, you, your answer is, oh, yeah, for sure. There's a JV game. <laughs> uh, yeah, right after this. Um I don't know. Do you ever just let them try it out at practice and let them find out they're not good at it? Well, I tried that, and um, it didn't work. Oh, no. What do you mean it didn't work? Like, were they good at it? No. Oh. They weren't, but I guess they didn't see it. So they thought they were good? They thought they were good. They thought they could just keep working on it. So That's awkward. It is. I think you have to crush their dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it hurts. It does. Um, I think I I think it'll be easier. Yeah. When you 
line them up with the other people in those positions. You know, yeah. look at this senior doing this. Right. Look at yourself. <laughs> Maybe you'll get there one day, but today's not that day. Right. And we need you at <clears throat> third base. But look at yeah, exactly. And then you go, well, look at yourself at third base. Right. And then it, you're just better there. Yeah. Being good at something is fun. It and is. And I don't want to put you in a position that's not going to be fun. Exactly. Because you're not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you don't want to put them in a position where they're the target of their teammates. Oh, you know, yeah. you're terrible at this position. The rest of the team is going to see that. Right. You know, um, I mean, gosh. And you definitely can't put them in there in a high stakes <clears throat> game because when they make a mistake, if they make a mistake, I should say, but when they make a mistake, <laughs> when? <laughs> It'll be a big one. It'll be amplified. Right, because yeah. it's a, such a high-stakes game, and then that only shows, you know, like, discord throughout the team. Yeah, I mean, you—I you, you I don't want to get into this situation, but you put somebody in a game, um, a big game. Yeah. They drop a ball, run scores, right. you lose by one run. Yeah, it hurts. That's huge. Yeah. And— I don't think there's many people, if any, on the team that are going to put that together and notice and call right. it out. Yeah. But I see that. But as a coach, yeah. And I know eventually with the players learning the game and learning things, they're going to call it out too eventually. Right. By the time this year's freshmen are seniors, they're going to notice it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's not what you want to see. We're thinking long term. Always. We're here to build this team to a consistent winning team. Yeah. We're here so that people can say... Because some people are already calling last year a fluke. <laughs> have you heard people say that? I have, yes. <clears throat> and it's hard because we were with them all, every day. And seeing them grind it out on the field, sliding, even though they were hesitant. <laughs> they <laughs> some were of them good. really don't like sliding. <laughs> so to hear them call that those girls' successes a fluke, it, it really sucks. So I think our goal this year, obviously a winning record. Yes. A lot of, a lot of good times. But to prove that... We're not a fluke. Absolutely. And part of proving that is winning big, close games. Yeah. And um, I'll be honest, I scheduled, I schedule, I, our, t- our schedule's a lot tougher this year. No. I've, why? I've found not better competition to play this year. Yeah. Because uh, you have to, you have to prove yourself as a team. No one's going to take you seriously yeah. if you play all of the worst teams in the right. district, in the region. It's like in the NFL when a team's 16 and 0 and they're like, okay, but they've played. The crappiest teams trash, in the league bro. this year. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, the team that's six and six has played the thirty-two hardest teams. This exactly. Year. Like uh, it doesn't make. Yeah. So, proving yourself definitely. But when the girls started winning, mm-hmm. did you feel the outside pressure of parents being excited? Like we were creating more of a winning environment. Did you feel that outside pressure to keep winning? Like people were coming up to you and be like, a great game, coach. Like, I hope we can keep winning. Like, that ever phase you at all? So I'm going to be honest. I think my personality and my demeanor is a, it definitely helps with that. Okay. Um, I'm very stoic during the games. Very. Uh, good or bad. Unless the game's over, I'm very stoic. So I think um, it was hard for parents to approach me with. Well, that's true. Just any kind of. Feedback. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, <sighs> You, I mean, you start to feel it, and then we lose the big game. And then you yeah. start to feel it. So, yes and no, I guess. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> More so in the moment. Like, oh, they're not doing good. Why aren't you taking them out of the game? 
Well, you can sit down. That's especially hard with pitchers <laughs> because a lot of times pitchers just lose the groove and they have to find it again. Yeah, and, and um, doing I good. know a big complaint from the players from last season is that he pulled pitchers all the time. Oh, yeah, all the, the old time. coach. And they would throw <clears throat> three strikes and he would pull them. Yeah, that's, I'm not about that. I'm a no, big... Yeah. Um, I'm always going to be loyal to my pitchers. I'm always going to support my pitchers. Uh, I'll let them tough it out. Um, if it gets to a point where they're hurting or it's just, it's, it's not bad, working. Yeah. but I'm going to give them a little bit to settle in. Um, yeah. I mean, especially in big games. Yeah. I mean, and it worked out sometimes. Uh, yeah, and sometimes it didn't. I left, I left somebody in for like 11 innings and we, we went, we won the game. I left somebody That's in. a lot of innings. It was a long game. I left somebody in for, uh, three pitches and they had a breakdown in that porter. Yeah. So, I mean... I think a lot of it is also knowing your players <clears throat> and knowing what situations they're made for. Yes. <clears throat> you want to you wanna push them. You want to um, get them mentally tough. Right. But you don't want to break them. Yeah. And it's, it's a fine line to walk. It, yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> I think it's one of those things where that only comes with experience. That only comes with time. Yeah. Um, and so the first couple of games, I'm sure that wasn't... Either of our strong suit. Yeah, for sure. Um, looking back, there's definitely games where I'm like, yeah, I probably should have pulled her. Right. But, you know, you learn. Later in the season, 2020. Yeah. Exactly. Later in the season, you learn. Yeah. You switch them out and you see something different, figure it out. So was the trust you had in your players, was that right from the start? Did you trust your players as soon as you stepped on the field? Or was that trust earned as they continued to perform well? Because you talk about... I'm loyal to my pitchers. I trust my pitchers. But the very first game you coach, a player starts doing bad, you feel a, a pressure to take them out of that situation so that you win the game and prove yourself as a coach. So is there ever putting the needs of your players above the needs of your own as a coach? Yes. So um, I'll say first practice I walked in, all of them have to prove to me what they're offering the team, yeah. what they're here for. And then once you've earned your spot, and that doesn't necessarily mean a spot on the field. Right. Maybe it's a spot in JV. Maybe it's a spot as, you know, our backup third baseman. Yeah. Whatever it is. But it's all important. Yeah, and it's all they all have a yeah. they all have a role. And once they've earned that role, I'm gonna support them in that role mm -hmm. as much as I can. So um, you know, you've earned the sparting spot as my right. outfielder. You drop three balls. Early in the season, I'm going to sit it out. I'm going to show you that I have your back because last season that's where they were getting pulled. Right. And, you know, um, it happened a lot. We had a lot of drops in the outfield. Yeah. Um, and I got a lot of heat for that, <laughs> a lot yeah. of heat from the parents. But <clears throat> what they don't see and what I see at practice is the girl that dropped those three balls is the one that's catching all the balls at practice. She's right. the one that's sprinting. She's the one that's hustling after everything. She's yeah. the one that's diving. She's the one that's giving effort. And the girl that they want me to put in for her is the one that's watching at practice, right. taking her glove off, standing on the side, sitting down. Yeah. So <clears throat> um, you kind of have to show uh, that hard work is appreciated. Hard work, yeah. hard work pays off. Definitely. And, at the end of the season, that girl wasn't dropping balls. Yeah. So once you earn a spot, you have to prove it, but there's going to be some leeway, especially with a young team, mm -hmm. especially when all of the people competing for the spot yeah. are at the same skill level. Yeah, because a lot of them had never played before. Exactly. So I just started playing. If you're at the same skill level, something else is what's going to get you that spot. Right. And it was the hard work. That's what got them that spot. So uh, did you ever have to make a switch? For a player? Like, did someone lose their starting spot and someone else took it? 
Um, and what was that like? Yes. Uh, and it wasn't really in a conventional way. It kind of, it kind of, the girl that earned a starting spot um, <clears throat> didn't earn it at her best position. Hmm. She, um, she should have been playing first, third base. She should have been our starting third base from the beginning of the season. She's a great third baseman. Yeah. But uh, she came onto the team late because of basketball. Mm-hmm. And we had an outstanding junior at third base. Yeah. So, um, but she was good. Yeah. She worked hard. She was a great player. So you kind of have to make a spot for her. Right. So maybe she's not going to come in in the outfield. But if the outfielder is the one that needs to be butted to make her a yeah. spot, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So... For a few games, she was kind of roaming. She was trying to find yeah. a spot somewhere else. And so we kind of figured out how to open up third base for her. Yeah. So do you ever split time between players? Like for half the games this year, you're going to be at third base. For half the games this year, you're going to be at third base. Is that kind of what happened? That's what happened with my outfielders. <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, it was, you know, who's starting is a toss-up. You're at the same yeah. spot. Uh, we'll switch in the middle of the game. At the end of the day, we'll see if anybody's won yeah. out the position. And if you haven't, we're going to keep switching off. Yeah. See who's producing for me. Yeah, I think a lot of it, it's a hard line to toe. Because if someone's doing bad game after game, you can't let them stay. Yeah. But <clears throat> they also work tremendously hard at practice, but it's just not happening for them. I think it's one of the hardest things to do as a coach. It is, especially when... Yeah, so <laughs> what's difficult is you see this girl struggling, but her struggling is still beating out the next yeah. the next yeah. uh next girl up. So it's hard it's hard to justify that when nobody sees the next girl up. Yeah. Um so I got a lot of heat about that, but then I gave the girl um the next girl up a chance. She didn't do well. Did not do well. Uh much worse than the girl I was starting. Yeah. And then the heat Dispute. <laughs> I was like, oh, now you guys see what I see. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, it's difficult. Parents don't see everything, but they think they do. Right. So. So, the administration is not to be ignored. Okay. <laughs> do a lot of times coaches and athletic directors don't get along? Is that your experience with our athletic director? I'm looking for juicy details here. Um, uh, I will say, um, I, I did go to high school here. Right. Um, my time as a player here, um, she definitely supported me, um, and my teams and really had my back. Um, but I, I mean, there's mistakes that she has made, um, that everybody knows about. And so I think it's hard to, um, she kind of had to earn my trust back. So, I mean, it was kind of hard. Things are rough sometimes. Communication is rough. Yeah. She's got a lot she's doing, but, um, I mean, I think it's going well. I definitely think the relationship between the athletic director and myself now is a better one than okay. the previous coaches. Chia. <laughs> so that's funny you bring that up. I think a lot of it with this athletic director is learning how to communicate. Yes. Because she's a communicative person. She just doesn't respond well to people being in her face. And absolutely loud at her because, you know, she's an athletic director and a teacher. She's obviously got, she's obviously (laughs) doing, she's doing something right. Yeah. And so the old coach would, especially about the weight room, 
There's only a certain number of keys that are allowed to be passed out for the weight room. And softball historically has never been in the weight room. Mm-hmm. And so he was trying to get a key for the, to the weight room for years and years and years. And he was getting really annoyed, which, I mean, it's fair because a lot of the other head coaches had one. And it's, you know, typical that girls' yeah, sports kind of— situation. Girls' sports kind of get the shaft and whatnot. But I remember he would be very up in arms <laughs> frequently. And then he would go and ask her for another favor. And she'd be like, well, no. <laughs> no. And you were so mean. they had a very difficult working relationship. And it's funny this year you emailed her and asked her nicely. You said, look, I know there's a certain number of keys, but if we can find a way to get into the weight room, maybe come in after someone and lock up. So I don't have to have a key, but we still get in with that. You know, can you find time on the schedule for us? And she was like, oh, absolutely. I'm so glad softball's yes. taking an interest in the weight room. And I think <clears> that's <throat> such an important thing is that sometimes – being mean to someone is <laughs> not the answer. Does not work out yeah. well. I mean, a huge skill in coaching is learning how to communicate with yeah. people, how people function, what works best for them. And I think a lot of people with our athletic director try and just get in her face and yeah. bully her into things. Because she's a female athletic director. Exactly. And a lot of the coaches are men. Yes. And it works so much better if you treat her like a person. Again, like the, with the players. <laughs> I'm going to treat you like a person. Yes. You're going to treat me like a person. Everyone's a person here. <laughs> Everyone's a person. Right. And then magically everyone... It works out, right? I mean, I asked. You're right. I asked her about the weight room, and I didn't. I didn't harp on her for a key. I don't even think I asked her for a key, right? And she she had told me she was um, looking for a key for me, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's all about how you handle the situation, yeah. how you talk to people, um, and kind of learning. Um, just how that person is and how to right. deal with them. And when people say never take no for an answer, they don't mean when you get told no to go back. Guns a blazing, get up in her face. Yes. They say, they, what they mean is that you're going to take no well. You're going to revisit in a week and say, I understand your concerns, but here's X, Y, and Z, why we need to be in the weight room, and ABC as to why it's going to benefit our team, and all the other reasons. Yeah. I and mean, then it's a conversation. Exactly. The first time I asked her, um, she gave me an answer, and I didn't hear back from her. Yeah. I didn't email her back immediately. Yeah. You know, I waited. I waited. And I was like, hey, just wondering if you have any updates. Yeah. Just like, just still being polite. Yeah. Being nice. Being and present. Yes. Just yeah. just giving her a gentle reminder because it's not like I don't think she's going to do it. It's just she's you know, busy. maybe it slipped her mind. Right. Maybe she meant to email it. Maybe she's got a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's in her drafts right now and she just didn't send it. Right. So I'm the worst at that. I'll draft emails all the time and then forget to hit send. <laughs> <laughs> and then my professor's like, you didn't email me your assignment. And I'm like, are you sure? I remember hitting send. And I'm like, no. And then I hit draft. I'm like, oh. Oopsie. Yeah. <laughs> so we're at an hour. Okay. Are there any final remarks? Are there anything that you want the audience to know about you, about your team, about your coaching style, about anything we've talked about? This is not about anything we talked about. I just have a funny story. I'm so ready. I love a funny story. <laughs> So, uh, just going on again about how I am a patient coach. <laughs> yeah. You you have gentle parents? No. <laughs> you don't know what a gentle parent is? I, did you say, did you ha- do you have gentle no, parents? No, no, no. I said. Oh, I thought you said, do you have no, gentle parents? No, and I was no, like, no. no. I do know what a gentle parent is. Yes. You're a coach version of that. <laughs> <laughs> I am. That's all. Um, but the story. 
So it was raining, pouring down rain, and we were going to have to cancel a game. But the opposing team was like, hey, we have a tarp. So we'll pull the tarp and we'll play at our field. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. So I sent a message to the team. I was like, hey, guys, um, we're going to play at this other school because they have a tarp. So uh, we'll, we'll play there, whatever. A girl messaged me individually and said, hey, since they have a tarp, do we need to not have, or do we need rubber cleats? Or do we need turf shoes? And I said, huh? What? She thought oh, no. we were playing on top of the tarp. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, she oh did my gosh. I was like, um, no, uh, they're going to take the tarp off before we play on the field. She was like, oh, okay. And so then... Okay, but that also, like, she's never played before. Exactly. And so, like, in her mind, she doesn't know what a tarp... Right. She, yeah. Right. I'm so That's into that. Uh, makes sense. Like, <laughs> that was, like, makes sense to me. Yeah, like, if I'm a... If I'm... A new player, and I but don't that's know where my mind went too. It's like, right. oh, she just doesn't know. So then I thought, oh no, I'm gonna have to send a message to everyone <laughs> and tell them that we're not playing on a tarp. And that's what I did. And I had like four or five parents message me individually. And they're like, oh my gosh, you are such a patient person. Like you're such a. <laughs> I'm like, guys, these are your children. Like <laughs> you need to figure this out. <laughs> well, also I think some of it is that tarp and turf. It's right. The word's right there. No. They only have T and R's together. I'm really trying to make the connection for him. I'm on their (laughs) side, Courtney. (laughs) But for new players. Well, this girl was not a new player. Oh, no. She was a sophomore that had played for at least two years. Okay. So. So. Okay. Which more more reinforced, man, I better tell these new players. (laughs) (laughs) Would you ever... Tell your upperclassmen, make sure uh, the younger kids know. Or is that something you just do as a coach? Like, how much work do you give, like, your team captains and stuff in terms of... I came into this thinking I was going to be big on handing things off to the team captains and delivering things, but they didn't like it. Oh, no. Um, A lot of them came to me like, hey, you know, you're the coach. You should be doing this stuff. Like Like um, the players or the parents? The the players. Okay. Um, I, I ask a lot, like, hey, do you want to do this or this today? Right. And they just didn't like it. They're oh, like, okay. you know, I'd like you to pick. And I was like, well, that's not my style, but if that's what you guys need, okay. So yeah. I um, would have loved to pick. Oh, I always got to pick. Yeah. As like, a player, yeah. Yeah. So I, I kind of backtracked and shifted. And I was like, all right. All right. So, no, um, at this point, I don't think it's going to be something I'll hand off to the players to tell them mm-hmm. just because it's not, it's not what they want to do. Hmm. That's interesting because I feel like as a coach, I would also be a go deliver this message. Yeah. I don't want to do it. Go. Well, the, it's funny because there's other things that they ask to talk to the team about. They're like, hey, can we come talk to the team? I'm like, well, yeah. Do you want me to be there? And they're like, well, no. Like, we just want to talk to the team. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's fine. But they didn't want to deliver stuff like that. So I don't know. <laughs> it's pick so, and choose. So, um, but I mean, for them, I feel like that's also very responsible of them. It is. Like, obviously, they're seeing an issue that you're not seeing. If Well, I see it, but... Well, but, but they're taking it upon themselves to make it known that they notice the issue and they want to remedy it. Absolutely. And they were only juniors. So I think they're right. kind of growing very into new, that more. Very new to the team captain. And mm-hmm. there were no seniors. Exactly. Yeah. Which I think is weird on a lot of teams. Like, but It was weird. Yeah. I've never had that where we just had a whole grade missing. 
But, <laughs> yeah. Because when I was playing, I remember one by one, the kids been, the kids in the grade beneath me would quit. And be like, oh, this isn't looking good. And yeah. finally we got down to one, and then she didn't have any friends her age on the team, and she was like, well, I'm quitting. And so then there was this big gap. But it's really helping us now because we're going to come back and develop the same girls from last year, and there's going to be no change in our team other than the new girls. Exactly. So I think it's kind of an underappreciated advantage. It is, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, any closing thoughts? I'd love to hear yours. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, my closing thoughts are as that has been the episode. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. This is your host, Bella, signing off along with Courtney. Bye. Uh, And we'll see you next Thursday. This has been The Less You Don't Know.